Welcome to Sis Internet Radio. Sisters in Spirit, affectionately called Sis, is a nurturing environment for women that inspires harmony in everyday living, shares resources that empower, offers information and support that nourishes the soul, balances our mental and physical well-being, and promotes inner peace and heightened spirituality. Our vision is a world where women live consciously, harmoniously, and spiritually to positively impact our lives and the lives of those with whom we come into contact. Join us as we live life with style, grace, and of course, much joy. Good evening, sis, family, and friends. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome to Sis Internet Radio. I'm Raisa, and I'm here with my co-host, Sky. Good evening, Sky. Hi, Raisa. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well and excited to discuss our topic for the evening, your most private parts and sexual healing with our guest, Susan Weed. And, you know, normally we just hurry through our days trying to cover everything we have to do on our to-do list, and we really take time to slow down and listen to and honor our bodies, our temples, and receive the message that guides us towards equilibrium and well-being. And because of society's taboos, even more rarely do we focus on sexual and reproductive health unless there's some dis-ease that manifests as an issue. So tonight our guest, Susan Weed, will give us some insight on what our sexual organs would say if they could speak. She will be joining us a little late tonight, and we expect Actually, I'm right here. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And, And then we will get into... A bio about you, so we'll give a little background to the audience about you, and then we'll jump right into the show. All right. Okay. Susan Weed is the voice of the wise woman tradition, a founding grandmother of the herbal renaissance and the originator of the concept of complementary medicine. And she can tell us more about what that is shortly. Miss Weed maintains an active worldwide teaching schedule that includes correspondence courses, online education, through her own Wise Woman University. She works with others to do apprenticeships, and she teaches at various venues, including this dean, Yale Nurse Midwifery School. We're proud and honored to have her on our show tonight to share with us information from her book, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. Susan, welcome to the show. Green blessings. I feel so honored that you invited me to spend this time with you. Thank you. Well, you know, there's a wealth of information that you have to share with us. And as I was speaking to Skye on your book, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, um, it's just an awesome encyclopedia of information, and there's so much jam-packed in here, and the thought is, wow, okay, well, what do I do first? But um, before we get into the book and the many works that you do, 
uh, let's talk about what got you on the path of um, being a natural healer and especially focusing on this area of sexual and reproductive health. I believe that herbal medicine is people's medicine. It is the medicine that exists for every person on this planet right outside their door. And that's even true for people who live in cities. I asked my class in Amsterdam one cold February day to take an hour to go out and get plants. And they came back to the classroom with 30 edible and medicinal plants that they had found in downtown Amsterdam on a cold February day. So herbs and plants and the green blessings are there for us at all times. In fact, every breath we take is a gift from the plants. And every breath we exhale is our gift back to the plants. In fact, every breath of every day of our lives is a giveaway dance between us and the plants. So just by breathing, we have all already taken the first step to bring green blessings into our lives. Do we need to know a whole lot to be an herbalist? Absolutely not. I believe that three-year-olds make good herbalists. And you can see my granddaughter, Monica Jean, at age two, making herbal remedies with me. And she's going to be four this month. And um, she had a cough. And her mother uh, got some colts that honey. And she looked at the jar and she said, I made that with Grandma this spring. <laughs> so she's already an herbalist because she's growing up with it. Many of us, myself included, don't have that privilege of growing up with it. But fortunately, it's just as easy to learn when we're adults as well. I run abundance-based businesses, and that means that really what I want to do is give away as much health information as I possibly can. Now, in terms of printed books, there are some expenses involved, and so I do sell the books. But you can come to my website, susanweed.com, and I do keep the sun in Susan. But my daughter, who's my webmistress, um, bought both Susanweed and Susanweed, so spell it or misspell it, you'll get there, and you'll find just a wonderful cornucopia of things, a virtual moon lodge, a place for menopausal women, a place for women dealing with breast issues, a place for women uh, in their childbearing years dealing with fertility issues. We have a lot of uh, what we call satellite websites to the main website, as well as, of course, our Wise Woman University and uh, the books that I have written, my gifts to women, Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, now a standard text in midwifery colleges throughout the world. Um, my big green book for everybody, Healing Wise, which introduces us to the three traditions of healing and then seven of my favorite herbs, including sexy oat straw. And my book, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Alternative Approaches for Women 30 to 90. Breast cancer, question mark, breast health, exclamation point. The Wise Woman Way. And my newest book, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health for Women and Men, The Wise Woman Way. My fifth book, Down There, builds on the success of the previous book and carries along with it things that people really liked from the previous books. Grandmother Growth, a voice of wisdom that comes and talks to us 
about various problems. So it's not just this is endometriosis and this is what you do about it, but grandmother growth talking to you about what underlies endometriosis and what's going on in your heart and your soul and your spirit when you're dealing with endometriosis. So rest assured, if you love her in my other books, she's here and down there. The six steps of healing, which is a pattern by which we can use integrative medicine in the simplest, safest, and most effective way. So and one of my students said that she took her gynecologist uh, down there as a gift, and the woman opened it up to human papillomavirus, and she said, oh, my goodness, this woman says do nothing about human papillomavirus. Doesn't she know it causes cancer and slammed the book shut? Well, if she had read just a little bit further, she would have found that 70% of all women diagnosed with human papillomavirus clear that infection on their own with no treatment whatsoever within the first 12 months. And if you wait 24 months, 90% of all women have cleared that infection. When you consider that over 3 million women a year in the United States have invasive, unhelpful things done to their cervix, because they have an infection with human papillomavirus, none of these things actually get rid of that infection. You begin to understand the oomph behind why. I want to spend my time being here with you and saying to your audience, there are ways to be healthy without following the scientific route. So your book uh, deals for both men and women, and it speaks to um, things, as you said, from sexual health, dealing with chronic pelvic pain to incontinence, yeast infections, HPV, STDs. We have a whole alphabet of um, disorders, hysterectomies, um, testicular cancer, and the list goes on and on and on. And so could you tell us about some of the ways that modern medicine would have you treat some of these diseases to the body versus taking the time and going through your six healing steps? And you can pick any one of those topics and run through it, or you can take us through the six healing steps first, however you would like to address that. Yes. And the six steps of healing, as I said, is a pattern. And it's a pattern that helps us use first um, what is going to be effective with the least possible harm and to leave more harmful things till later. I talk about three traditions of healing. The scientific tradition, which measures and fixes. And so if we have a problem like fibroids, the scientific tradition will tell us how large the fibroids are and um, give us an option of either drugs or surgery for dealing with it. Now, those are part of the six steps of healing. But they're not steps that are going to promote health as well as reverse problems. They do reverse problems. And I believe it's one of the reasons that people find my books so useful is that I'm not against drugs or surgery. If that's really what's going to make you feel best and comfortable, then I want to tell you which drugs and which surgery will have the least side effects and will leave you feeling the best afterwards. 
So, it, it, again, I made up the term complementary medicine because I didn't want to be at war with anybody. I'm right. not against any way of healing. And that word is being replaced now with an even better word, which is integrative medicine. Mm-hmm. Right. So in the scientific tradition, we measure, we make a diagnosis, and then we treat generally with drugs or surgery, whatever the problem is. In the heroic tradition, which many people think of as alternative medicine, instead of measuring and fixing, instead our goals are to balance and to cleanse. Now, balance is the antithesis of life. Dynamic disequilibrium is the prerequisite for life. Anytime we are balanced, we are heading toward death. And the heroic tradition does indeed have a fear of life. It fears life. It fears fluids, especially milk. It fears animals, especially meat. And, you know, I often say that there are a lot of men practicing in the heroic tradition because it's a tradition that appeals to people who had a problem with their mother. After all, it is mother who produced milk. And to say that milk, which is the first food, the last food, and the healthiest food every day in between, is somehow not good, is really thinly disguised woman eating. And not very thinly disguised difficulties with mom. And somebody said to me, well, other animals don't uh, nurse past a certain period. And... uh, I looked at that person and I said, you're right, please take off your clothes, please take off your shoes, and certainly do not get into a car, because animals don't do those things either. (laughs) Oh, And don't forget that we're animals as well. (laughs) We are indeed, but we are specialized animals because we have an opposable thumb, and that allows us to do things like milk animals and to make fire. Mm-hmm. So the wise woman tradition, which is the tr- tradition that I speak for, doesn't measure and fix. It doesn't cleanse or balance. Instead, the wise woman tradition nourishes the wholeness of the unique individual. In the six steps of healing, we start with serenity medicine or do nothing, step zero. We then go on to story medicine or collect information. The first step, being aware that where we collect information will not just give us information about what's going on, but will often usually suggest a treatment as well. Um, We say that diagnosis is the predecessor to the treatment. So if you have a problem and you go to an MD, that MD will not just tell you what the problem is, but how they would resolve that. Whereas if you went for instance, to an acupuncturist, they would also be able to tell you what your problem is, but it would sound very different, and they would have a different way of dealing with that problem. So when we are collecting information, we want to collect information from a variety of sources, and those are both inner and outer sources, and those inner sources, I think, ideally, should include what I would loosely call non-rational sources of information, and some people call that intuition. Okay. Right, and I've I've heard you, you know, say that it's important that we take some time to listen to ourselves. This is one way to collect information is to really actually listen to ourselves. Then there's mind medicine. Now some people call it placebo medicine, and I have no quarrel with that. 
the mind medicine is the shaman's playground, and it's as wide and broad as the human imagination. So we could have a prayer, affirmations, visualizations. We could have gemstone elixirs, homeopathic remedies, flower essences, and it just goes on and on and on. Um, scientific types would say, oh, these are all placebos. And you know, I have no problem with that because basically what we're saying is that the mind is a powerful healer and that 50% of the time all it takes is changing our mind to find ourselves becoming healthy. And so, in doing change of mind, you're actually moving energy and releasing energy blocks. That's so, what, that is one way to talk about it. Mm-hmm. However, what I personally find is that, especially in America, people tend not so much to have energy blocks as um, what in the Oriental tradition we would call emptiness. Okay. So, again, that energy block, this is kind of a fight already, huh? There's an energy block. I'm going to get rid of that energy block. I'm going to push through that. No. Mm-hmm. No. Not a fight. I don't want a fight. Right. The wise woman tradition is not about fighting. I want me, myself to be more flexible. That's my definition of health. In the scientific tradition, health is the absence of disease, which leaves people who have chronic diseases being never Healthy. Healthy, which is, of course, not good for their mental health to think of themselves in that way. And in the heroic tradition, health is cleanliness. Health is never being sick. Not just the essence of disease, but not being sick because you're balanced. right? And again, as I say, this is on the way to death. In the wise woman tradition, health is defined as flexibility. The ability to move, to move gracefully, your mind, your body, your spirit. To change as the world around you changes, to change from day to day, to change from season to season, and to change into the different parts of your life. I like that definition. Yeah. So that's that's what we're looking for there. And yes, you know, my books have just lots and lots of specific information about specific problems and they go through all of these steps, you know. What would serenity medicine say for you to do? What would what stories are there about this? What um kind of energy medicine or mind medicine would you do? What kind of lifestyle medicine? How would you nourish and tonify? And one of the things that I'm very much excited about is nourishing herbal infusions and these are um, herb based drinks that you make yourself at home you don't buy them from anybody they're very very easy to make you just buy the dried herb and make it yourself and these nourishing herbal infusions give us lavish amounts of vitamins, minerals, proteins, and a whole host of phytonutrients that at this point we just don't even really know uh, what most of them do, but we know they're really healthy for us. And by drinking these nourishing herbal infusions, we can actually throw away all of our supplements. I don't know if you've been following uh, the recent news, uh, which is one in a long list of studies showing that taking supplements damages health. Um, certainly we can't find any reduction in acute problems among supplement takers, no reduction in chronic problems, uh, but we do find a lessening of longevity. 
among supplement takers. And when you consider your average American is spending over $100 a month on supplements and that to buy an ounce of herb a day to make yourself a quart of infusion a day will cost you about a dollar a day, my question is, what are you going to do with all the money you save? So when you say supplements, are you including drugs uh, in that as well as vitamins and herbs and minerals? What what when you say supplements? Well, supplements that... to supplements to my mind are drugs. Okay. Because to me, a drug is something that does not grow directly from the ground and cannot be made in your kitchen. Okay. Now, if you dig up a dandelion root, take it in your kitchen, wash it, chop it up, put it in a jar, and cover it with vinegar, and then use that dandelion root vinegar, it's not a drug. It's something that is grown from the earth, and you have prepared it in a very simple way in your own kitchen. But when we are taking supplements, those have not grown from the earth, and you cannot make them in your kitchen. As a matter of fact, one of my students this past weekend at the American um, Herbal Guild Um, told me that vitamin C is made by pouring hydrochloric acid over high fructose corn syrup. That's ugly. (laughs) There you go. So get the nutrition you need from Nourishing Herbal Infusions. I am so devoted to Nourishing Herbal Infusions that I offer anyone who desires it a free course. Drink Your Way to Health with Nourishing Herbal Infusions. You can find it at the Wise Woman University, or you can go to the wisewomanbookshop.com, and you can sign up. No charge now, no charge ever. I don't sell herbs. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm doing my best to open the door to abundant health for everybody in the simplest and most effective ways possible. So those first four Medicines that we had, serenity medicine, story medicine, mind medicine, and lifestyle medicine, those build health. Whether you get rid of your problem right. or not, you're going you're gonna to be healthier. But the last three medicines, which is alternative medicine, uh, pharmaceutical medicine, and high-tech medicine, although they can save lives and they are phenomenal for what they do when they're needed, they always erode health. So anytime we're taking a supplement, we're eroding health. Even if it's an herbal supplement, we are usually eroding our health. Mm. Nourishing herbal infusions are foods. They are part of lifestyle medicine. That is not to say that I don't use herbs um, and alternative medicine. I do. But I distinguish that from what I do to maintain health. Okay, and you also mentioned uh, that uh, dance, yoga, tai chi, walking are also other forms of lifestyle medicine. Exactly. Any kind of what we here at the Wise Woman Center call physical culture. We do an hour and a half of yoga once a week. We do tai chi with a wonderful teacher uh, twice a week. Um, We are out and about with my herd of dairy goats. Uh, generally walking anywhere from two to four miles a day. So we get a fair amount of physical culture here at the Wise Woman Center. When my uh, uh, book, New Menopause, Here's the Wise Woman Way, uh, was reviewed by one woman, she said, oh, how funny Susan is. She suggested for bone health you should chop wood and carry water. Well, actually, I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm serious. You should chop wood and carry water. That's what builds good bone health. Right. 
And if we were living the way that our ancestors lived, close to the earth and nature and actually doing things outdoors, we would be a lot healthier instead of throwing everything in the washing machine and instead of, you know, actually washing and using that motion. Using Right, using our muscles. Right. The good news is that you really don't have to turn back the clock. You don't have to go back to a more primitive time. You can eat what you're eating and do what you're doing. Just start drinking nourishing herbal infusions. And for most people, within 10 to 14 days, you will see a major change in your health. The online community that's taking Drink Your Way to Health with Nourishing Herbal Infusions comprises about 2,000 people now who are writing in with things like, I got my husband to drink these infusions. He's just back from the doctors. After two weeks on the infusions, his doctor has halved his diabetes medications. Right. And the book tells you how to make a lot of these herbal infusions. And as you mentioned, you can also go to the site for assistance as well. Right, and of course I have uh, YouTubes of me and my marvelous granddaughter, Monica Jean, making nourishing herbal infusions so that you can see how we do it. Okay, this is your two-year-old granddaughter. She's actually going to be before, but the, it, oh. we have YouTubes, you know, starting when she was actually even a little under two. Uh, she p- helped me to pick dandelions because we all recognize dandelions. And then while my daughter was making the YouTube, you know, filming me, and I was doing it, my granddaughter is busily picking all of the marigolds in the yard as well because, hey, they look like dandelions, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the first thing we teach the children is come and have an adult check the plants that you've harvested to make sure <laughs> that you've got the right one. But herbal medicine is people's medicine. It belongs to all of us. It's not difficult. And when we use the six steps of healing, then we're not just using herbal medicine, but we're using integrative medicine. So that if we need to use drugs or surgery, then we know what the safest, most effective um, pharmaceutical medicine or high-tech medicine would be for us. But we don't confuse taking supplements or using essential oils with safe natural medicine. We understand that those things are drugs and they carry the same risks as using any drug. Okay. And so when you talk about sexual healing, one of the things that you say is the basis is having healthy orgasms. And you talk about how a lot of women don't even know how to have an orgasm and have to be taught. So uh, what do you do in the healing area to educate women about honoring and being comfortable with their own bodies? You know, I have never met a man who didn't figure out on his own how to masturbate and have an orgasm. There seems to be something so obvious to men about this. And you're absolutely right. There are significant numbers of women who don't figure this out until they're in their 20s, 30s, or even 40s. And in Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way, I suggest a variety of medicines from the different medicines. And one of the... uh, things that I like uh, 
is that when I'm writing a book, I send my book out to people who are dealing with this difficulty and get their direct advice. And one woman wrote in and she said, you know, uh, it took my mother to take me aside and say, you know, if you haven't figured out yet how to have an orgasm, here's some marijuana to smoke and it will show you the path to it. And, you know, then another woman wrote in and said, oh, it just makes me discombobulated, but a stiff shot of vodka really does it for me. So, you know, those are both herbal medicines. Vodka, yeah, you can make it at home from plants, right? And marijuana, yes, it grows right out of the ground, so neither one of those things is a drug. I also talk about things like oat straw. Oat straw is one of the world's leading sexual tonics and longevity tonics. It's considered the herb of a long and healthy life in the Ayurvedic tradition of India. And it's a major uh, player in uh, modern-day Europe as a male sexual tonic. And I like the words of a woman who said to me, you know, after menopause down there, it was dry. She said, think sand dunes and camels. She said, then I started reading... Don't talk about, that need to be talked about, so we know how to do it. I'm going to, hang on. She said, then I started reading a new menopausal years, the wise woman way, she said. And I started drinking oat straw infusion. And now, down there is an oasis. Think, date palms and dancing girls. (laughs) If drinking oat straw is not enough for you, then there is a further RX. And that is seven orgasms a week, whether you want them or not. And sometimes women look at me and go, I, 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 I'm not sure that I could even, like, actually do that. And I certainly do understand that many women have, you know, basically just not been told what it is they need to do or how it is that they can do this. Vibrators began life as a cure for hysteria. I'm reading from my book now. Or moving womb is the literal translation of hysteria. This was a disease prevalent among women with pent-up sexual energy. By the late 1800s, it was estimated that three-quarters of American women were at risk of hysteria. The cure? An orgasm known by the prim medical term paroxysm, a prescription that dates back to medical texts from the first century. Manual stimulation of the female patient to paroxysm was the cure, but it was, and I quote, time-consuming and tedious. Enter the vibrator. By the beginning of the 20th century, health spas offering vibration therapy had sprung up like multiple orgasms all across North America. Soon, home treatment models were introduced, and the vibrator became the fifth electric appliance, following the sewing machine, the fan, the tea kettle, and the toaster to become a household necessity. Hysteria was dropped from the American Psychiatric Association's list of recognized conditions in 1952, but vibrators continue to be a vital aid to women's sexual health. Now, I've had some people look at me kind of wide-eyed and go, well, I heard if you ever once used a vibrator, that would be it. You'd never want anything but a vibrator. And what I always say to that is, I've never met a vibrator yet who can look deeply into your eyes and say, I love you. You're so special to me. I've never yet met a vibrator who will bring you a cup of hot tea or who will give you 
a back rub. Or who cuddles. <laughs> exactly. So go get your vibrator. Make sure it's a plug-in model. And um, the most spectacular thing that I learned in writing down there, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way, is that the clitoris is antisenescent. From the time when it achieves its adult size and form after puberty until the time a woman dies, the clitoris does not age. We literally, no. we literally have the same clitoris at 95 that we do at 15. And it does the same thing, has the same function. I read it, that... That's right. It's the your, only, only tissue specifically designed for pleasure. It has no other function. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. The only organ, male, female, that was solely designed for pleasure. And you were talking about, you know, oh, goodness, you know, um, in one way, the, the book down there reads a bit like a horror show. And I start out each chapter with the organ speaking for itself. So the bladder says it all goes round and round, but it comes down to me. And that's the first page, which is the organ speaking for itself. Actually, the first page is a beautiful, evocative drawing of the organ, not a, you know, not a, a sterile um you know, kind of anatomy book one, but an evocative drawing. And then the organ speaking. And then you turn the page. And I talk about that part of the body in good health. And then I have a page talking about that part of the body. What are the problems? And I was really stumped when it came to the clitoris because there are no problems. Mm. So I just, I had to put in, um, instead of problems with the clitoris, um, we have a beautiful um, illustrated page on how to have an orgasm. And uh, we honor Suzanne Gage and the women of the Women's Federation of Feminist um, Health Clinics for doing this pioneering work in really showing us um, that the clitoris is not just that little bit of tissue that you can see, but it's a far more extensive organ. You know, I didn't have too much of a difficulty speaking in the voice of prostate and Boy, once men are over 50, a lot of them start having prostate issues. A prostate starts out life as a uterus. And then if our sexual organs morph into male organs, the uterus becomes a prostate gland. And I didn't really have any problem uh, writing in the voice of the testicles, which are, after all, just low-hanging ovaries, right? But I really was stumped when it came to writing in the voice of the penis. I quote a male author in my book down there, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. He says, the penis, a notorious organ that no one trusts. Yes, okay. no one trusts. That no not one a trusts. man, but, not a woman. No but one. I, but I did manage to write in, the, in its voice. And uh, you will find those. Because there's so much information in this book, I did add a new feature to this book. And that is what I call the help box. So that if you have a problem, say dry vagina, which we've kind of been talking about uh, off and on through this discussion, and you go to, first of all, you go to vagina, all right, and then you go to vaginal distresses, mm-hmm, and we're going to look at vaginal dryness, and right there on the first page, or for some of them on the second page, is a box that says, help, vaginal dryness. 
And the first thing I tell you is how soon you can expect results. You can expect results in three to ten days. And then I give you three to five things you can do right now to help yourself. One, apply chickweed oil to the labia and the vagina as far in as you can comfortably reach once or twice a day. Two, eat at least half a cup of yogurt a day, full fat, if at all possible, and plain yogurt. Three, eat more phytoestrogenic foods like lentils, red clover infusion, whole grains, and cooked root vegetables. And four, give yourself seven orgasms a week. So each section, although I, of course, then go into detail on why those are beneficial things and what other things like oat straw infusion you can use if you find it kind of overwhelming to have so much information at your disposal, whoop, I've brought it down into one small box. You can pick it up and run with it. Okay, we've got a lot of callers on the line and people in the chat room. So if you have a question for our guest, Susan Weed, please either raise your hand in the chat room. We'll call the last four digits of your phone number or send us a message in the chat room. Um, you have a section as well on drugs that can ruin your sex life, page 300 of the book. Would you talk a little more about that? Well, you know, I asked myself, I said, why are so many men using drugs to help with ED, erectile dysfunction? What is going on here? It can't just be the aging population. And as I looked into it, what I found is that uh, basically an erection is high blood pressure. And so if you're given a drug to lower your blood pressure, hmm, you're going to probably need another drug to get your sex going. If you are too relaxed, well, being sexual is a state of tension. And so anti-anxiety drugs and antidepressive drugs basically just ruin your sex life. Remember that orgasms need muscle tension. An antihistamine or an antispasmodic or a painkiller can relax muscles to the point where you can't actually have an orgasm. All right. The central nervous system obviously is critical to arousal. Any medication that says you can't drive when you take this medication, you're not going to be able to drive down there either. <laughs> Even cholesterol-lowering drugs can block both libido and direct sexual functioning for both men and women. And do be aware that the cholesterol hypothesis is an unproven hypothesis and that lowering cholesterol has never been shown to reduce the actual risk of heart attack and that no study of any kind anywhere has ever shown that lowering a woman's cholesterol will increase her health or increase her longevity. Hmm. I'd like to jump to another topic. Um, as I flipped through the book, I saw this section on menopause, and um, you have a quote in there in italics which states that menopause is a period of transition and metamorphosis. Like puberty, it consists of three stages, isolation, meltdown, and emergence. Each stage calls forth new energies and new perceptions of ourselves. Each stage has different demands different tasks, and different needs. Would you elaborate on that for us, please? We live in a culture that seems to think that menopause is a disease state, when in fact it is as natural and normal as puberty. 
most women, when I say, how did you treat yourself during puberty, laugh and say, well, I didn't do anything. And I say, well, guess what? You don't need to do anything at menopause either. And sometimes they'll look at me and say, well, what about my lack of estrogen? Now, let's again go back to in utero. At 20 weeks of gestation, which is just halfway through gestation, girl babies start making 29 kinds of estrogen. And all girl babies who later grow up to be women continue to make those 29 kinds of estrogen every single day of your life. At puberty, a very strong estrogen called estradiol or estradiol starts being made. And it's made for 24 to 36 hours each month. And production of estradiol ceases at menopause. So puberty turns it on, menopause turns it off. As stradiol is to breast cancer, as kerosene is to fire. Kerosene doesn't cause fire, as stradiol doesn't cause breast cancer. But if you have a spark, if you have a breast cancer cell, kerosene is going to make a conflagration, and estradiol is going to make a devastating cancer. The general statistics in the United States for a white woman in terms of breast cancer risk are at the age of 20, 1 in 20,000. At the age of 40, 1 in 400. At the age of 50, 1 in 50. So what would a smart woman do sometime between the ages of 30 and 50? Is stop making estradiol. And that is menopause. Dr. Kristen Hawkes at the oh. University of Utah has the grandmother hypothesis and she says that menopause is as critical as an upright posture in a big brain to make us the modern humans that we are. Hmm. You sound like you know Dr. Hawk's work. I have heard, yes. But that makes total sense. And you, you go through these stages for a reason. They just don't happen just for the heck of it. And then... Um, we can go back early, as you said, to puberty and the onset of of uh, periods. And a lot of women have difficulty with their periods. They've got extra heavy periods, um, a lot of cramping, headaches, et cetera, that kind of uh, actually dehabilitates them. Yes, it can be quite debilitating. natural occurrence. And so... What would be some of the causes of that and what herbal infusions or other remedies would you recommend that these women take to help alleviate that? Let me be clear. Drinking nourishing herbal infusions is not a remedy. It's like eating rice. Mm-hmm. They're it's foods. Food. I drink a quart of nourishing herbal infusion each day, and I've been doing that for over 30 years. They do remedy problems, it's true, but they're not taken as remedies. They're taken as food in mm-hmm. the same way that we eat good, healthy food. And I do use tinctures and a variety of other things if I actually need a remedy for something. But the nourishing herbal infusions are part of lifestyle medicine. They're there for us on an everyday basis. And they can help us move more gracefully through uh, menopause and through a variety of other challenges that we have to our health. So m- one of the things, of course, that is influencing our menses is the very complex uh, hormonal orchestration that is going on in our bodies. And 
one of the key players is the liver. And the liver, both at puberty and at menopause, is really snowed under with work in terms of utilizing and um, recycling the hormones in the body. And many women find that using an herb that tonifies the liver, like dandelion or burdock or chicory or milk thistle seed, any of them either as tinctures or as vinegars, ideally taken with meals, but it's not required. And this really brings up the effectiveness of the liver and helps to clear those hormones from the blood more easily so that rather than getting conflicting and confusing signals, we get the clear signal that our body is putting out to our organs. Understood. I'm a simpler and in one way that means well as I tell the apprentices we're all bozos on the bus um, we are all fools and how wonderful but by simpler I mean I use one herb at a time so I don't mix a bunch of herbs together in an infusion I have nettle one day oat straw the next day red clover the next day comfrey the next day and linden on the fifth day and then I start all over again if I have a particular reason that I may want one uh, of these herbs in a greater amount, um, I might just stop my rotation uh, for a bit and have nettle and then nettle again and then ostra and maybe then nettle and nettle again and then red clover. Right, so I do adjust them according to um, what I perceive um, as my need and the benefits that I get from each one of them. Motherwort, Leonurus cardiaca, a tincture made from the fresh flowering plant. And if you don't have access to make your own motherwort tincture, please do be certain that the tincture that you buy is made from fresh plant material. I can tell you that Red Moon Herms, run by a past apprentice of mine, uses only fresh plants to make their tinctures. And Catskill Mountain Herbs, also run by a past student of mine, uses only fresh plants to make their tinctures. I'm not saying they're the only places, but those are two places that I can tell you that you won't have to worry about whether or not it was made from dry plant material. And motherwort does a variety of things. First of all, it is, to my mind, one of the best anti-anxiety allies going. It helps to calm and ease our emotional states. It slows down a rapidly beating heart and evens out an irregularly beating heart. It is Leonurus cardiaca, the lion-hearted. And in Japan, motherwort is considered the herb that makes your heart last forever. Mm. Motherwort also reduces premenstrual symptoms. It reduces menstrual cramping. And can reduce the severity of hot flashes. So motherwort is a remedy, a tincture, that can be used for many, many things that come up in a woman's life. And especially during menopause and during puberty, it can help us find the grace to move through these transitions without as much shock as they might seem. Okay, so you mentioned 
motherwort, and a couple of other herbal remedies. If I could only have three in my house for as a woman, and I don't know if that would be the same three for a man, so we can talk about that, but if I could only have three to use, which three would you recommend as the most beneficial overall, overarching? And what if I was to say to you, if you could only have three foods in your house, what would they be? Uh, okay, you're asking me. I, I you, you, you would say, that. excuse me, <laughs> eating only three foods is a way to be malnourished. Okay, I hear you. So, you know, it may sound like a clever question, but it's not at all. In fact, let's remember that health is about flexibility. So I rotate through five herbs as my daily infusions, stinging nettle, the herb of energy, oat straw, the herb of longevity and sexuality, red clover, the world's leading anti-cancer herb, Mm -hmm. comfrey, leaf infusion, which builds strong and flexible bones, skin, tendons, ligaments, and remember comfrey because it helps you build short-term memory cells. And linden, the world's leading anti-cold and anti-flu herb, and also a powerful anti-inflammatory, which means that everything is going to run smoother and easier. So I rotate through those five herbs. I also have an herbal medicine chest which I teach each apprentice how to create the remedies for and give them bottles of these tinctures. First aid means something that we want right away. We're not going to wait for four hours to make an infusion. And that herbal first aid kit that each apprentice gets includes echinacea tincture, poku tincture, St. Joan's wort tincture. Some people call it St. John's wort, but uh, the oil, uh, there's also a bottle of the oil in the first aid kit, prevents sunburn. And I figured Joan knows more about burns than John does. Okay, so it's the St. Joan's. St. John, John, correct. It also includes motherwort tincture, wormwood tincture, and yarrow tincture. And we'd need about a six-hour show to go into detail as to um, how to use each one of these herbs. This is one of the reasons why I offer uh, so many different ways to learn and to study directly from my books. My online university, the Wise Woman University, live in apprenticeships, live out apprenticeships, correspondence courses, which include three hours of talk time with me per course, as well as um, workshops, and intensives here at my land, the Wise Woman Center in uh, the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. And, of course, I travel uh, extensively to bring the word of green blessings to people. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you, Susan. Would you also give your um, website? And um, you spoke about um, a class that you give for the free herbal um, beverages. Someone asked about that in our chat room. Can you also tell them how to access that as well as your website? And you just finished telling us about the different apprenticeships and classes that you offer. So would you please let our 
listeners and our chat room visitors know um, your website address and how to access the information on the um, herbal drinks? Yes, the infusions. So come and visit yes. me at susanweed.com. And I do keep the sun in Susan, but my web mistress, my daughter, bought susanweed.com and susanweed.com. So spell it or misspell it, you'll come to my homepage, susanweed.com. Or you can go directly to my bookshop, the Wise Woman Bookshop. Dot com, and there you'll find my book on childbearing, my big green book for everybody, my book on menopause, my book on breast health and breast cancer, and my brand new book down there, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. Also at The Wise Woman Bookshop is where you can sign up for free for Drink Your Way to Health with Nourishing Herbal Infusions. Now, I think that they have it under N, Nourishing Herbal Infusions. I think they have the, I think it says Nourishing Herbal Infusions, Drink Your Way to Health. Um, I just say it the other way because it sounds so much better. And you can sign up there. There's no cost now. There will never be a cost. We're not trying to reel you in. Uh, we're trying to share good, solid check out information the site. with you. There is you. so much information there. Yeah. Did you give I'm again? running abundance-based businesses, and the wise woman tradition is based on sharing, women sharing just what you are doing with this show. I am so thrilled that you are doing this, that you are sharing so much and empowering so many women. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for joining us. It's women like you that are on the show that help us get that information out there. Yes, and I visited your website, and I definitely plan to um, um, participate in some of the classes in 2012. Um, I'm really interested in getting into learning about the different types of herbs, how to identify them, and create the tinctures. And again, I encourage all of our listeners and our chat room participants to visit the website. There's a wealth of information there. And to look through the different books and guides and um, um, information that's available for you to bring into your home and share with your family and friends. So actually... I'm so glad that you, that you found it useful. Yes. And we've gotten great feedback in the chat room as well. Okay. So the listeners are loving this show. Okay. <laughs> as we wind down the show, we usually close out with a quote. And uh, just on the topic of the day, and Sky, I'll start with you if you have one, and then we'll go to Susan. Okay, I have one, and it's just simply about health. Uh, it says that it is health that is real wealth and not pieces of gold and silver. And the author is unknown. Susan, do you have one? It could be from your book or uh, from someone else. Well, I think... That the most important message that I want to leave you with is that herbal medicine is people's medicine. And I'm saying it, so I guess I'm quoting myself. Okay, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and I'm going to quote you as well as um, Wilhelm Reich, where you said, I believe that healthy organisms need healthy orgasms for optimal health. 
awesome. Yeah. Uh, we have a few moments left. Susan, I'd like you to tell us about events that you have coming up in the future. Well, we're moving into winter. And winter is my time to retreat, to write, and to do a variety of uh, kind of interior things. Winter um, is not an ideal time to teach about plants, especially where I live, where we do have a deep winter. And so what I usually suggest for people who are interested in starting their studies now is enroll in a correspondence course or join me for one of my online at the Wise Woman University adventures. Um, or just buy one or more of my books and really work with those books. They contain recipes, herbal pharmacies, uh, stories, a wide variety of things to help you uh, remember that herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's your medicine, too. You know, there was a lot of material that we attempted to cover in this short hour, and I agree with one of our listeners who said that we love you. She could listen to you for hours, and we would love to have you back on the show because this was just not enough time to cover the information that we wanted to share with the audience. Well, I'm certainly happy and available to spend more time sharing with you and sharing with Sisters in Spirit. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you so much for having me here. And I wish you all green blessings until we meet again. Yes, and thank you for spending your evening with us. You're welcome. Till soon, then. We'll, we'll talk about when we can get together again. Yes, definitely. Okay. Good night. Thank you to the audience. You've been listening to Sis Internet Radio. If you'd like to hear more of our shows, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash sis dash in dash spirit. And you can also check us out on our website at www.fluidmagazine.com. Thank you all for joining. We hope that this has been as informative for you as it has been for us. And please, peace and blessings as you move through your journey. You've been listening to This Internet Radio. Until the next time, enjoy the fluid flow of life by remembering to infuse harmony into your everyday living.